0: Vince McMahon genuinely thought that putting Mike Bennett in the husband role was going to get over, but yet when AJ Styles debuted at the Royal Rumble, Vince didn't think anyone would know who the fuck he was. And people want this old fuck managing guys like Kenny Omega. Suck your mum's dick Hall. change the world. I don't know if you've heard of them, but soon you will. In 2019, I will be the first All Elite Wrestling Champion. Joey Janela, and I'm a bad, bad boy! I am already a champion! I'm Chris Jericho and i am all in with all elite wrestling las vegas nevada at the mgm grand garden arena Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome one and welcome all. My name is Martin and you are listening to Elite Talk exclusively on the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to me talk all things Elite. Today on Elite Talk, I'll be talking about the revival and their request to leave WWE, what's going on with Dolph Ziggler and his future with the WWE, the latest on the Kanellises and the recent comments that the Young Bucks made about AEW. So, as we all heard over the past week, the Revival of asked WWE for a release from the contracts. No one knows how long they have left, but according to a Twitter account belonging to Scott Dawson's father reported by Sean Ross, WWE have asked for the Revival to give them three months to change their minds. Not just that, but yesterday Dash Wilder changed his name on Twitter to Daniel Wheeler, which is his real name. A move that Dolph Ziggler also pulled this week, but we'll talk about Ziggler in a little bit. Dash Wilder has also pinned a tweet regarding the Young Bucks to his Twitter profile. Whether the top guys are leaving or not, this is a move WWE will not appreciate. You are damn right the WWE won't appreciate this, and it's well-deserved. So, Dash and Dawson, that's a round of applause for you boys. Um, Finally, someone showing some fucking backbone for once. (coughs) whether you want to pin it down to AEW or not this is a really good thing to be happening right now um we're all massive fans of the revival we all know this if you're not you're a fucking hater but um oh fucking hell i i always do this i have i never get enough water ready what a joke but <laughs> fucking hell I was I was on a really good run there and I just turned around and I was like, oh fuck. So, I have to go for the Snickle Fritz water right here. Grim, from last night. Still good though. But, But, um, oh fucking hell. It's Saturday. We deserve to be happy. But, <laughs> fucking hell, I've, got, I'm, I've gone giddy all of a sudden. But anyway, look, the Revival, Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder. Um, This is a team that has been talked about or has been linked with the Young Bucks for, um, it must be over a year by now. The Young Bucks obviously see that these guys are good workers. Um, When... Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson first went to NXT or when they first showed up at NXT. Um, obviously, I wasn't a massive fan of them as I am now. I just thought that they were going to be another typical tag team that were eventually going to fold into the mist. But then watching the matches, um, fuck. These guys are so talented. Um, in the ring, out the ring, on the mic. The, this is exactly what you want from a tag team. Um, Edge commented recently, I didn't see the comments, but I saw um, a quick little snippet of the news article, Edge apparently has, he's not done a shoot interview, well I don't think it's an interview, he's not really took a shot at Vince McMahon, but he has said um, a reason as to why tag teams aren't the thing for WWE anymore, Um, and apparently it is pinned on Vince McMahon, he's just not a massive fan of tag team wrestling, so... That answers a lot of questions considering the last few years how a tag team have taken a tag teams have taken a really really big back seat You know, what I mean, <clears throat> you go back through the history and you look at guys like the Hardys, the Dudleys, uh, Edge and Christian, for example. Obviously, um, you know these guys were just so innovative, and you've still got tag teams like that today who could do even more. And it's crazy to think that I'm saying that right now, saying they could do even more, but they could do. And they're not being given that chance because they're just... Like I say, I I don't know why Um, Vince just isn't into tag team wrestling anymore. Whether he was back in the day or not, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, it's a shame really what's happened to the tag team divisions um, in WWE. And we're hoping when it comes to All Elite Wrestling that that's going to be something completely different. And we're looking forward to it. And is it going to involve the Revival? Um, So... The revi- so what it was, was the Revival got announced, or should I say the story got announced, that the Revival, there was a rumour going around that the Revival had asked for the release from WWE. Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter then confirmed it and said they did um, actually go and ask for the releases. And apparently it was while they were still in the ring gear after the match with the uh, Lucha House Party. So that shows how frustrated they are, and I think they even won the match, did they? Or oh, I'm—I'm not too sure. Obviously, I, like I say, I don't watch WWE. I just keep up with it. I—I I keep in the uh, in the little circle. I need to know what's going on. But um, yeah, apparently those guys asked for the release. While they were still in ring gear, that's—that's that's music to my ears right now. And like I just said then in my notes, um, apparently there was, I mean I say apparently I saw, the, um, I saw the tweet like two minutes as it was fresh from Sean Ross um, and at first I didn't understand what was going on because Sean didn't really describe it, or sorry he didn't really explain it, all he said was, um, remember when I said the WWE worried about losing the Revival? And then it's just a a Twitter account that he'd retweeted. And this Twitter account, you know, the comment itself only got like three likes. I think it was two retweets, if that. So it wasn't anything major, but Sean Ross clearly knew who this guy was. And apparently this guy who tweeted this was Scott Dawson's father. And the tweet basically said um, they've told the revival, or they've asked the revival to give them three months to try and change their minds about leaving So, by the sounds of it, WWE have asked for three months. Now, Dave Meltzer doesn't know when the Revival's contract ends, which means not a lot of people or no one knows when the Revival's contract with WWE is up. But if you're telling me right now that the WWE, knowing that AEW want these guys, and they'll snap them up the moment, the free agents, if the WWE are asking... Just for three months to change their minds, that mean that tells me that the WWE want Dash and Dawson for the Royal Rumble and for WrestleMania. They want them for the WrestleMania weekend, which means that tells me that their contracts are going to be up close after WrestleMania. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, if I was to hazard a guess, um, the Revivals contracts are going to be close to. Being over with in the space of four months. Um, if these guys were signed for at least a year, there is no way in hell the WWE would look at these guys, knowing that the young bucks want them badly, knowing that they'll will, that knowing that they will go to AEW. There's no doubt about it. Once these guys are done with WWE, they're off to AEW. They're not going to TNA. It, it, they're not going to show up on ROH. If they do show up in places like Ring of Honor or even Japan, for example. They're still going to be tied with AEW, regardless. So you're not telling me that the WWE, if they've got these guys con, if these, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if they have got these guys on a contract for at least a year or close to that, they are not just going to say, "Look, if you're not happy in three months, then you can leave." And they've not said that here either. But apparently, they have asked the revival to give them three months. So it's you're gonna you're gonna see the revival getting a push now and um, i'm just hoping that these guys are still going to leave regardless i don't care if they give them the tag team titles next week and they keep them on them for three months solid and they booked them as like the best tag team in the world um, the tag team division like i've just said then in wwe is shocking and it's shit and these guys need to leave they need to go to AEW. you've got the young bucks who are the best tag team in the world um and you know it's even been said that 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 those two guys are going to focus on the tag team divisions which means they're going to be booking the revival in the best way they can do they're going to put them in the best matches that they can do plus the revival can go and work in new japan with the fucking fantastic tag teams that there are over there um i'm not saying a deal is going to get struck with roh but there's going to be freedom to work stuff like that these guys are so wasted in the wwe and it's time for them to leave and By the looks of it, these guys have got serious backbone to say to WWE, look, we're going, we want to leave, you're not using us right, and that's it. So I'm really happy um, with this story, and I remember talking to my mate the other day, all the other week, should I say, and he was like, from WWE, who do you want to go to AEW? And I was saying people like Carl Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows, obviously, Um, I really want Jim Ross. Because Jim Ross is still in contract with the WWE, I think till March. So once that contract's up, I think that's a serious sign AEW should make um, commentator-wise. But for me, the revival are in my top. If if not top five, top three. The matches these guys are gonna have with Young Bucks, um, even SoCal. Fuck these guys are gonna just put on match after match, and it's not that as well. The humour when it comes to the being the elite humour the revival you can tell that they're on the same wavelength it's just going to be so good i really really hope the revival stick to their guns and they do end up leaving wwe and i hope that my inkling's right and their contracts are going to be up in the space of four months so you never know wwe might say look you've had your three months uh, are you happy if the revival say no wwe might pull an absolute prick move that they did with neville and go right no worries um you sit on the couch for a month. You can't. We're not letting you. Because to to be fair, that does sound about right. Really, something that WWE would do. Um, look, we'll give you three months, and if you're not happy, then you're gonna be frozen out. Um, you, you know, you obviously saw what they did with Neville. They they just froze that guy out. One of the most talented wrestlers on God's green earth, and they just froze him out. They that just shows how much of a piece of shit this company really is. Uh, If you're a WWE fan, stop listening to me and just go and listen to someone else. (laughs) Someone who tickles the balls of Vince McMahon. Someone who does it for you. Go and listen to them because you're not going to get anything positive from WWE on this podcast. Anyway, excuse me. I do apologize. I am in the early stages of a cold. Flu, man flu, whatever you want to call it. I feel grim. So, this H2O has to help me out. I should really have a brew, but I wanted to get amongst it. But anyway, moving on. It's not just the revival that are being linked to AEW, or at least away from the WWE. It's reported that Dolph Ziggler's contract is up on January 31st. This came out of nowhere. And has rejected a new contract with the WWE for a production role backstage. Now that is actually quite interesting. Not only that, not only that, but Dolph has recently changed his Twitter name to his real name. I think it was Nick Nemeth or something. I'm not. I don't really know Dolph. I don't know Dolph Ziggler's real name. Uh, <laughs> and as of last night, tweeted "Big if true," which to me is a tease to the latest rumor of him obviously leaving the WWE. Um. It feels like since Dolph Ziggler dropped his title when he had the world heavyweight title, and I think, did he drop it to uh, Del Rio? I know that he took it off Del Rio. I think he might have dropped it to someone else, actually. But I'm not too sure. But anyway, regardless, it seems like since then people have been frustrated because we got a glimpse of how good Dolph is as a champion, as a top guy, and we all liked it. We really liked it. Look at the pop that this guy had when he cashed in money in the bank. I think that's got to be in some of the top WWE pops of all time. I'd put, it, I'd put that in the top 10. Go and watch this on YouTube when Dolph Ziggler cashes in his money in the bank on Del Rio. It was so good. And they even played it right where he came... And he, it looked like he were going to mess it up at first. Del Rio hit him with the finisher. Dolph kicked out. And then Dolph somehow gets around, put, smashes his finisher and gets the three count. My God, that place was buzzing. Um. So yeah, Dolph Ziggler, for a long time now, I think, the majority of his WWE career, really. Um, People have been behind this guy, and in the past, I'd say in the past two years, people have given up on him. Um, People have given up on this guy, doing a revival move in the way, in the way of asking for something better, you know, asking, or... You know, even trying to force it a bit and saying, look, I'm not being funny, but if if this year isn't good for me with this company, I've, I've got to leave. It doesn't feel like Dolph isn't really taking himself seriously, but yet wants us to take him seriously. But how does he expect us to still be behind him after all this time when he's just eating all this shit that they're giving him? I'll I When it comes down to stories like this, I will always, always look to... What Stone Cold Steve Austin says, and I think I've said this in another podcast, I will say it in future podcasts, and I will say it until the day I'm brown bread. Stone Cold Steve Austin always said he never understood guys who didn't see themselves in the business as a top guy. If you're going to be in the wrestling industry and you don't see yourself as a top guy in a company or something, some guy who is eventually going to get to that mark. Basically, if you're not taking yourself seriously, then what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? And that resonates so much with Dolph Ziggler's career. It's not like Dolph Ziggler is some fat, overweight bitch who can't move around the ring and who can't... can't put himself out there with the WWE universe. Dolph Ziggler has been over for fucking years. And he's just not pushed the envelope. He's not gone to Vince and said, Vince, listen to these people. Give me something better. It just seems like Dolph's happy to take the pay. He's happy that people are behind him. Um, and that's it. That's that's his career in a nutshell. So it's a shame, really, what's happened to Dolph Ziggur in the last two years. Because this guy had so, so much potential. And he still does. Um, I personally think if he leaves WWE and goes to AEW... He could reinvent himself, you know, look like look what Chris Jericho does all the time. I'm not saying Dolph Ziggler is as creative as Chris Jericho, but Dolph Ziggler's always been in the WWE bubble, which means he's always had creative rights stuff for him, and they've always told him what to do. There might have been a couple of things here and there that he suggested, and they've allowed him to do it, but in general, if he went to AEW, the Young Bucks, Cody, maybe even Tony Khan, for example, all the other guys in the back, They'd be offering him advice and they'd be saying, oh, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? But in general, it'd be new for Dolph and it'd be exciting for him because he could look at it and go, that's a blank sheet of paper. I'm going to put my own design on this and I'm going to go and I'm going to run with it. And me personally, I'd love to see what Dolph could come up with creatively-wise. I mean, this guy is trying to do stand-up comedy, which means he is creative. Um, So he's got that in his locker. He just needs to put it out there and... For me, the WWE is no longer the company to do that for him. Plus, it's not that as well. Dolph Ziggler, once again, is an established WWE guy. If he goes to AEW, that's another take. And again, I'm not putting Dolph Ziggler on Chris Jericho's level by any means. But, excuse me. If you're talking names, when you hear Dolph Ziggler, you immediately think WWE. And if people see Dolph Ziggler on AEW, that's a couple of more people coming over it really is, so, for me personally, I would really, really love it if Dolph Ziggler left the WWE this month, and we hear that this guy is going to sign with AEW, I would love that, Um, matches with, oh my god, Hangman versus Dolph Ziggler, Neville versus, Neville, Pack versus Dolph Ziggler, fuck it, MJF versus Dolph Ziggler, those matches would be so fucking good. Yeah, I I would love it if Dolph signs of AEW, and I'm quite hopeful that he will do. Um, a lot of people, obviously, because they are frustrated with Dolph in the last couple of years, they've, a lot, a lot, and a lot of people, whether it's on podcasts or whether it's on reports, whatever, a lot of people are saying, look, it seems like every year a report comes out that Dolph's going to leave the WWE, and he never does, and Dolph just seems to feed off it. So not a lot of people think he's going to make the move, Personally, I've got my fingers crossed and I'm holding out hope. If he signs a new contract with the WWE and stays there over AEW, for me, this guy can get fucked. But I'm I'm confident, I'm confident he's going to do the right thing. Uh, but is, the, is moving to AEW the right thing? Let me know if you think Dolph can change his career and become a top guy in the WWE and he's still got time. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is AEWpodcast1. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, I'd be very, very surprised actually to hear anyone say that this guy would be better off in WWE over anywhere else. I think this guy would be better off in TNA to be honest. I think he could run that company by himself. Um, oh, by the way, shout out to TNA. I don't watch TNA anymore, but I woke up this morning and I went on Twitter, and obviously in the UK, when I wake up at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, all the wrestling news feeds are coming up, because you guys in America have just been watching all your wrestling, so I got all the highlights from TNA's, um, was it a pay-per-view or was it just an event last night, I'm not too sure, but that there was some fucking good stuff going on on TNA, so credit where it's due, I've heard that TNA have been doing quite well lately, so well done, Um Unfortunately, with the TV channel that they're on, it's the Pursuit channel in America, which apparently is a hunting channel. All you need to do is go on their Twitter and you'll see that for yourself. Um, uh, There is no wonder at all why the ratings are so low for TNA. And I do feel quite sorry, especially from what I saw last night. It looks like those guys went out there and put on a hell of a show. So, well done to those guys and girls. Uh, Jordan Grace, again, was smashing it. Uh, <coughs> no lap dances this week for Scott Steiner um, <laughs> Steiner math but it is what it is but yeah no um, seriously to the guys in TNA and to the girls in TNA for last night well done it looked like they put on a hell of a show um, it's just a shame that TNA isn't on the right channel to just get that fucking product out there but I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here I'm going to move on along to the Canellis story fucking hell you have to give me half an hour for this mike bennett mike kanellis dude you talk about people getting frustrated with Dolph Ziggler. you have no idea how frustrated i am with mike bennett oh, okay news also brought this week that mike and maria kanellis I, i'm not calling him mike kanellis. Fuck that news also brought this week that mike bennett and maria kanellis or as known in the WWE as Mike and Maria Canellis, have asked for their release from the WWE. Fake news. But for those who are hoping Mike and Maria will be on AEW anytime soon, you're going to be waiting a while. Last night, Ringside News reported, according to PW Insider, that WWE have already turned down Mike Bennett's request, which ties in quite well with Maria having a go at the WWE last week on Twitter, saying how they haven't booked a husband on anything for ages. But, also, as of last night, Maria took to Twitter, as quite a lot of people saw, and she denied that she had ever asked for, whore, for, whore, ooh, for her WWE release. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. I didn't mean to call Maria Kanellis a whore at all. She is a mother... And she is a wife. (laughs) And I did not mean to call her a whore. You know I didn't. Oh man, Mike Bennett. I could talk about this guy for ages. Alright, look, I'm going to start at the very beginning. Mike Bennett, when he was in Ring of Honor and when he was in New Japan, I was a massive, massive fan of this guy. I seriously was. Then when he showed up on TNA again, because I don't watch TNA, I didn't get to see much of him, but I heard that he was still a top guy and he was still doing things. So I saw that and was like, look, Mike Bennett, he was in the kingdom with Ring of Honor, which was awesome. He went to New Japan, and he held his own. He's gone to TNA, and it sounds like he's a top guy. Wasn't he feuding with guys like EC3? In TNA, that's like feuding with Roman Reigns. That's the level. And then when I heard that him and Maria had left TNA, and were on the way to WWE, and they'd signed with WWE, it was at the TLC pay-per-view. And there was rumours flying around that Mike and Maria were going to debut at TLC, and... You know, I if you go back <clears throat> to that time, I actually went on Twitter and I was like, look, I really hope Mike Bennett gets the debut on this pay-per-view. And I'm not going to lie, I can seriously see them putting him in the TLC match and him winning money in... Oh, was it Money in the Bank, actually, not TLC? One of the two, anyway, regardless. You know what I'm on about. Um, but he was going to be involved in one of the ladder matches. And I seriously wanted them... To put him over in that... Imagine how good that would have been. None of the WWE universe understands who Mike Kanellis is. He comes out there. He has like five minutes in the match. And he just steals the victory and runs out of it. Like Seth Rollins did at Mania. That would have been fucking awesome. That would have put that guy so high up. And don't make any mistake about it. This guy can work a promo. And he can work in the ring. You know, this isn't like putting some bum over. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's so good. But then, unfortunately, he didn't even start anywhere close to the top. He started at the bottom, and this guy then started digging his way further and further down. Just went look like he it looked like he was on a concrete floor, and he started at the very bottom. But somehow this guy got like a fucking a jackhammer and just started drilling further and further down. My God, um, when he came out, whether it was Money in the Bank or TLC. Whatever fucking paper it was. And he came out with Maria. And he said that his name was Mike Canellis. Straight away. I was like, nope. Nope. That's not. That's. He's done. He's done. He has not accepted the husband role. Because that is exactly what Mike Bennett's character is now. He is Maria Canellis's husband. He's Maria's bitch. Basically. So they're never going to run with this guy. They, they were never going to run with him. Um. Again, I'll go back to the Dolph Ziggler thing. I don't understand these wrestlers who know that they're talented enough to do things better away from the WWE, but yet they still accept this shitty booking and these shit ideas. Um, Dude, come on. Come on, what the fuck is going on? Mike Bennett is class. And the WWE universe, or however the fuck you want to phrase it nowadays, people who are diehard WWE fans, they will see Mike Kanellis as some bum who no one believes in, but go back and look at his stuff with the kingdom, this guy is so charismatic, he, he's he's a fucking class heel, they they really fucked up when it comes to Mike Bennett, me personally, for me personally, and I've even hit this guy up on Twitter numerous times, and I've been like, look, I'm, I'm still a big fan of yours, but you need to start, you need to start showing us that you care, you know, do try and just, do something, get in a match, but this guy's just been a, like a, a main event, not a main event. The show main event. That's how bad it is. Uh, he's been a main event guy for ages. Um, there was one point; it was quite recently actually. I think it was just before Christmas where I was I was thinking about Mike Bennett and I was like, look, in general, this guy's probably going to be the guy to take a loss to Kurt Hawkins, the first guy. ...to take a loss to Kurt Hawkins in WWE... ...it's probably going to be Mike Bennett... ...that's how low he is... Um, ...you know Kurt Hawkins is the guy... ...who hasn't even won a fucking match in WWE... ...and I rate him higher than Mike Bennett now... ...how has that happened... ...right let me just... ...fucking put this into words right... ...Vince McMahon... ...genuinely thought... ...that putting Mike Bennett... ...in the husband role... ...was going to get over... But yet, when AJ Styles debuted at the Royal Rumble, Vince didn't think anyone would know who the fuck he was. And people want this old fuck managing guys like Kenny Omega. Suck your mum's dick Hall. because I've had enough. That is bullshit. You can't talk to me right now and tell me Vince McMahon is a creative genius. You cannot tell me right now a guy who has to go out and... Employ writers, I understand how big the company is, but this guy's got to go out and employ writers, and they come to him with ideas, and he still turns them down, for shit like this, he took Mike Bennett, who was already a proven asset, in a stable in the ring Ring of honour, in ring of honour in the kingdom, obviously Vince doesn't watch Ring of Honor Vince doesn't know who the kingdom is that's fine but you're not telling me Triple H doesn't know who they were in general I need some fucking water that's what I need because my throat's hurting talk about Vince McMahon gets my fucking throat all kinds of fucking fucked up dude fuck this old bitch <clears throat> ah. So anyway, in closing, on the Mike Bennett, Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis story, whatever you want to say. Obviously Mike Bennett came in, um, Vince was like, look, or whoever whoever was booking him was like, look, everyone knows Maria, so we're going to call you Mike Canellis." Just to tie you in with Maria, we'll use Maria to get you over. It never worked. Mike then accepted shitty booking after shitty booking after shitty booking. He's now been put on 205 live where again he's he, he How the fuck can you be irrelevant on 205 Live? Like really? Come on. Um this guy needs to leave WWE as of yesterday. Um Maria, I'm sorry, I just I've I, I just don't I Fuck. I d- and again, I don't really want to go in on Maria. I don't really know much about her career, to be quite honest. I know that she started with WWE and then she left um, and then ended up in like Ring of Honor. That's where she found Mike, obviously. Or wherever she found Mike, I'm not too sure. Um, so, yeah, in general, both of them could do with leaving WWE. <clears throat> um, it does sound like Maria is behind her husband, whatever he does, which I appreciate. But, Mike, please, just fucking... Pack your bags and leave. I know that WWE have already rejected the rejected his offer to leave. Um, but once this guy does end up leaving WWE, if he goes to AEW, Cody's going to take care of him. Bucks are going to take care of him. They're going to know what to do with him. And he, he's, he'll be happy. You know, And it's even been documented that this guy has gone through depression whilst you're at WWE. Probably because they made him a fucking shithead. Oh, fucking hell! WWE out here putting people in depression. So yeah, um, that's the latest on Mike Bennett, and I just I can't talk about this guy anymore because it fucking winds me up. Someone who's got so much talent and can seriously be a serious player in a fucking company, and just happily goes there and goes, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'll be Maria's what? I'll be Maria's husband." Yep, yeah, no worries. I'll I, I won't do anything. I'll I'll just stand out there in the microphone. I'll just I'll devote my love to it. I mean, let me just let me just quickly just try and say this right you imagine this angle mike wherever it was money in the bank tlc whatever it was maria's in the back having a brew and all of a sudden ty dillinger or someone walks up to her and says oh hi i heard that you were coming back i've not seen you in a while Uh, how have you been Blah, blah blah mike comes over straight away everyone pops well not everyone but the majority of people pop because they know who this guy is And Ty offers a handshake and goes, Oh, yeah, you're right, Mike. Mike slaps it away and then fucking suplexes him through like the table where the coffee is and stuff, and Maria just stands there. You put Mike over as the jealous husband who just pimp slaps anyone who even tries going near Maria. It's just a civil conversation, and this guy just loses it that guy could be universal not universal that guy could be united states champion he could be intercontinental champion you are not telling me right now that that is not a good character to put in as a heel that would be so good regardless if it'd be good or not it'd be better than that fucking shit they gave him so yeah look in cl- i need to close this off straight away but look in closing mike bennett has eaten shit in the wwe and the day he gets released is going to be a fucking good day for him, it'll be a good day for me, it'll be a good day for wrestling. So anyway, and look, people, if you've not seen Mike Bennett's work with the Kingdom in Ring of Honor, if you've not seen his work in New Japan, if you've not seen his work in TNA, which, again, personally, I've not seen much of it, go and watch it. Don't watch any of this microphone main event crap that he's done in WWE. Don't listen to what he's been saying on Twitter because he's just trying to talk his character up. Mike Bennett, in general, you can see that he's not happy. Just fucking, just... Why can't this company just let people go? They're not going to do anything with him. Fuck. I hate this company. Anyway, moving on. Moving on to something more positive. Something much, much more positive. Recently, The Young Bucks talked with Chuck Carroll, whoever the fuck that guy is, from CBS about possible TV deals. Plans for AEW and Kenny Omega. Now, While they can't speak for Kenny, obviously, they said they want him badly, but no one will know what happens with Kenny until pen is put to paper, which we all know anyway. The books also said they can't talk about TV deals until it's concrete, but they are excited about the offers on the table. And Nick even went so far as to say, even if we had no TV deal, which isn't the case, but even if we had no TV deal, why can't we be the first wrestling company to be on a streaming service? We're looking into all possibilities, so it will be something good. I totally agree with Nick. Um, when I first heard that there was massive companies coming out there, and Jericho was like, it's it's something that, that people want, uh, that the wrestling world needs. I was seriously thinking Netflix. And I know that apparently Lucha, Lucha Underground has tried going on Netflix, and that didn't go as well as they needed it to. Um, and AEW might be scared of stuff like that, and Netflix might not even be offering the wrestling world any kind of live streaming thing. And I get that, but I think Netflix and AEW would really work well together. I really would. Obviously, you've got the market for it already. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'd be a I think it'll be a long, long time before Netflix are offering wrestling um, a chance again after Lucha Underground, because apparently it's. There's not even talks it's going to get renewed for a fifth season. The um, Lucha, Lucha Underground was always weird. It was always strange how the produ- the production. I mean, it was good. I'm not going to say it was bad, but the production wise and just I don't know. It, it felt cool until it wasn't. If that makes any sense at all. But look, anyway, still keeping on with this. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to my place here. Um, but yeah, the most positive thing that the books did talk about was the creative idea behind the managing of storylines. This is so fucking cool. When I was listening to this, oh man, I had goosebumps. Because this is something that wrestling has missed for so long, whether it's WWE, TNA, or Ring of Honor. I, in fact, Ring of Honor have had it good. Um, I remember the storyline they did with Jay Briscoe and Adam Cole ages and ages ago. Um, and even when they put Kyle O'Reilly to come back in against Adam Cole and go back through their history Ring of Honor kind of do it right but it's a big thing that's happened with WWE and a thing that happened with TNA especially when I was watching it back in the day when they saw guys like Austin Aries and that I don't have him now but obviously like years and years and years and years and years years ago when aces and eights were rolling around yes fucking hell that is something that should have put TNA on the map and it just <laughs> failed miserably. Um, but anyway, look, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, the most positive things that the books talked about was the creative idea behind the managing of storylines. Nick said, and I'm going to paraphrase I still like the old elements of old school wrestling that worked back in the day. We don't want to insult the audience's intelligence and we want to do long term storytelling people like to binge watch netflix and the, and they enjoy the storytelling element so we want to put that back into wrestling matt goes on to say people complain about plot holes in wrestling um sorry people complain about plot holes in wrestling storylines and we want to make sure every little thing has a payoff and we don't just let it go with no end we want no loose ends we want to really pay off the viewer fuck Look, this is something that wrestling has missed for so long now, where storylines just seem to go nowhere at all. Case in point, fucking Mike Bennett, Mike Kanellis, Maria whoever, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I still don't understand where this thing's gone, where it's led them to. I remember when Mike came out with Maria and they had their headphones on, and then I think it was the night after On Raw they came out and did that thing, then he showed up on a couple of main events and whatever and it just seemed like that storyline went nowhere and um, you know there's been feuds in the past year where it's just gone nowhere and again i'm not i, I don't think i've watched wwe religiously for years and years and years i only really show up <laughs> as a plastic supporter when it comes to a uh, royal rumble and wrestlemania season and then obviously SummerSlam, which the casual viewer does i'll i'll happily say that i'm a casual wwe viewer but Wrestling-wise, I mean, I'm in the fucking universe. I have to be, don't I? I have to be. I have to know what's going on. I'm a fucking mark. But, <laughs> but for so many years now, there there can be storylines that could be huge and eventually just fizzle out into nothing. There's a lot of storylines that don't make a lot of sense. Um, this stuff with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins has fallen so flat because again I, I don't really watch the product but people are even talking about it like Seth turned on Dean and Roman in the shield so they had a feud about that you know that was all right and now Dean's turned on Seth and again no one really understands why Dean hasn't really come out he, he apparently he gave an explanation one night and Ron, and that was it people were just supposed to eat that and move on with it but it feels like they've turned Dean Heel for the sake of it, and this is why it's not working. Not a lot of people are liking this Dean Ambrose Heel character. And because the main reason is because it's not the John Moxley character that everyone was expecting. Uh for people who don't know, John Moxley was the character that Dean Ambrose used before he came to the WWE big leagues with the shield. Um John Moxley was unhinged. He was just this guy, you put a microphone in front of him, and he was the best heel he was the best promo heel or face in the entire wrestling industry and i will go that far um because it was dean ambrose being dean ambrose or john good i think his name is i'm not too sure it was him being him basically he was talking the way you'd expect this guy to talk and it feels like dean ambrose's heel at the moment is dean ambrose being heel which isn't what people expect, and it isn't what people really wanted um it feels very forced and again I'm going off on Dean Ambrose here, this isn't the topic that I'm talking about. But in general, the storylines in WWE a lot of them seem like there isn't any real payoff, it just seems like eventually there's a match and that's that's the end of it. There's no but like the book said, you know, they don't want to have plot holes in the story. There's there's a hundred thousand plot holes in the WWE universe, storytelling wise. Maybe it's because there's too many writers, who knows? Um, you know, even Cody's come out recently and said that they're not going to be employing any writers and they're all just going to come together and they're going to talk about what needs to be done and they're going to talk about this storyline and that storyline and it it sounds like it's really going to work and it's going to be exciting so for me personally that is such a positive um again I've, I've talked about this before but when it comes to wrestling and when it comes to when i was in the wrestling ring i was a promo guy Um i always wanted to help people out with their promos and try and get themselves over on the microphone i prefer or I say I prefer, I respect the acting wise, the acting side of it, sorry. Um, so much more than a lot more people do, because I, for me, you can be Andrade seeing Almas in the ring, but if you end up being some bum on the microphone, I'm not going to resonate with you. I'm always going to be that guy who's like, look, this guy can put on a five-star match, but Next week, when he can't wrestle because he's knocked his knee and he has to talk for five minutes, I'm going to get bored. I'm going to lose interest. People are going to start booing him because he's shit on the mic. And again, that isn't a snipe to Andrade. I'm just saying, Andrade is fantastic in the ring. Um, and there's been guys like that over the years that have been good in the ring, but they've been terrible on the microphone. And it's shown because they've not eventually got the push. Um, for me, Baron Corbin, you look at that guy, that guy is progressed so much on the microphone in the past couple of years um in fact he was supposed to get a monster push i think about two years ago and then he had a promo segment with john cena that vince didn't appreciate and he didn't think that baron corbin was ready so he held his push back so that shows the um the promo side and the storytelling that does matter to the wrestling business and of course it does that's what entices you in if it was just two guys out there fighting and the next week two other guys go out there and fighting that's not wrestling that's not why people tune in to watch wrestling they see it for the drama they see it for the storytelling you could put back in the day you could put william regal in a match with today's daniel bryan and it would be fantastic It would be half an hour of just solid, solid wrestling and people would talk about it for ages. But you imagine a build-up of that of two months where Daniel's sniping him backstage and Regal's like just fucking him over. It it would just add to it. Um, And especially when it comes to WWE, you know, they're an entertainment company so of course they need to focus on storytelling. So the fact that AEW have come out and said this has um, just got me so fucking excited. Again, we talk about how the Young Bucks and Cody, they get the business and they get the industry. This to me is exactly showing how you get the industry and how you get the business. Um, people are talking about, since AEW have been announced, people are talking about how AEW are gonna get people in week after week after week. Um, the, the, the big one, It's the TV deal, no matter who it's gonna be. It's gonna be on a Tuesday night, and it's gonna be um, a two hour live show. If you want people to tune in week after week after week on Tuesday nights, you're gonna have to give us some good stories, and the books and Cody are gonna give us that. So yeah, for me personally, these are really, really good comments, and the future of AEW. Once again, another week's gone by, and again, it's all positive. For AEW. Um, we've got The Revival possibly coming over in a few months. Dolph possibly could be coming over a bit earlier. Who knows. Um, We might end up getting fucking Mike Bennett. Who knows. And we're not going to have any shitty little storylines that just come to nothing. Like I said, Mike and Nick. Mike and Nick, fuck's sake. Nick and Matt of the Young Books. Um, they said they don't want plot holes and every storyline is going to pay off the viewer they want to pay off the viewer if let me just say something right now because i'm going to wrap this up now if vince mcmahon came out and said and do you remember the thing that he, the, the video package that he 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 put out i think it about what, 15 years ago or something like that about the attitude era it could have been even in fact it would have been longer ago wouldn't it jesus that's how long ago it was would it have been 20 years over twenty years. I'm 26. It could have been about 20 years ago, where was basically introducing the Attitude Era. Yeah, it would have been about 20 years ago, just over 20 years ago, where Vince comes on and says, um, "The year of good, the time of good guy versus bad guy," and we don't want to insult your intelligence, quite frankly. Um, you, you're telling me if Vince came out and cut that once again. And said, we don't want to insult your intelligence anymore. We've dropped the ball for years. Um, We've gone back on our word and we've put the hero over the bad guy and stuff. You know I mean? It was just like what Cody said at the AEW rally. We're not going to tell you to cheer for this guy. We're not going to tell you to cheer for that guy. It's not going to be good guy versus bad guy. You're going to cheer for who you want to cheer for. That, for me, is Wrestling. Nowadays anyway, back in the day it was good guy versus bad guy and it worked because that was how it was brought. But just like anything else in this world, it evolves and wrestling has evolved now into the smart crowd. And I will use that term, the smart crowd, because I've just I've just fucking produced it myself. (laughs) But you know, everyone knows what's going on nowadays, everyone knows everything backstage you know now if the revival was to show up next week on raw people know what's been going on with them you know it's not a case of there's no internet around anymore so we just take it for face value we take it as oh he's the good guy and he's the bad guy so we want him to win because he's the good guy it's not like that anymore wrestling has evolved you know people booed roman reigns because they saw They saw the exact same thing that they've been forced for the past 15 years with John Cena and they were tired of it. So they fucking rejected him and they booed him. This is why Roman Reigns didn't win at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. This is why Roman Reigns didn't win in Saudi Arabia. This is why Brock Lesnar still got the fucking universal title. Because WWE are afraid to put someone over who they want to put over. Because the guys that Vince wants to put over aren't the guys that we want. And this is why people turn on Vince McMahon because he is forcing his agenda and he still thinks, at the end of the day, he is the final word. And his philosophy of the WWE and his philosophy of the storytelling and the storylines are nothing what we want anymore. And he's still stuck in that old Hulk Hogan mold. He really is. You look back at all the storyline, Apart from the Attitude Era, you look back at all the storylines that Vince McMahon has pushed and given us, they're just the exact same storylines, year after year, just with different people in it, it's nothing different anymore, there's nothing, there's nothing new about the WWE, put it that way, Um, the Wyatt family I thought was awesome, that pulled me back into WWE years ago, whenever that was, because that was something that I thought could really spark something, creatively wise, and it did. And then Vince looked and went. We need someone to feed to John Cena. Oh look, Bray's doing well. Fuck it, give it him. Oh, dude, I can't. I can't talk about Vince. I can't do it. I. I'm be reaching for my water. <laughs> but yeah, in closing, for me, this as as little as this comment is. The fact that the young bucks have come out and just talked about the storytelling, like you know, they've already been talking about the talent and who they want to sign. And they've already talked about Kenny. And they've already talked about TV deals. But this is the first time they've really talked about what they want going forward, storyline-wise, and how they're going to connect with the with the audience. Because you can connect as an audience, you can connect to an audience as a wrestling company already. That's fine, but to book. A wrestling TV program, you have to connect with that audience, and by the sounds of it, they know exactly where they're going with it. They know what they need to do. And again, new, when it comes to New Japan, New Japan are some of the best wrestlers in the world. But when it comes to storytelling, New Japan aren't there. So you take the element of the wrestling from New Japan that the Young Bucks have, you take the storylines and the creative. The creative, fuck, I didn't get my fucking words out. the creative writing that the books and Cody could bring to the table, you've got something really, really fucking cool. Um, And just like everyone else out there, I'm so excited to watch it and to see what goes on. But yeah, anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much if you've listened to any of all this. Remember, don't forget to subscribe to the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Elite Talk exclusively only on the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at AEW Podcast One. Again, thank you so much and I will catch you next time.